Welcome to She Speaks with Yana Me podcast, presented by She3, offering relatable, healing, and authentic content. In today's episode 102, we will talk about generational curses and how it affects the mother-daughter relationship. I am your host, and you are listening to She Speaks with Yana Me. In last week's episode, I spoke about being a mom. I spoke about motherhood, how it affects our relationship with our kids, how sometimes we repeat actions that our own mother did that we said we would never do. Whether it's how you talk to your kids, how you treat them, how you show love, a lot of different things, which goes into generational curses. So what generational curses are, they're negative habits, behaviors, patterns, toxicity, things of that nature that's passed down from one generation to another. Generational curses is a topic that's been getting a lot of play lately, especially on social media. More people are open to talking about it now, talking about those generational curses and how it affects their life and has affected their family. So what does generational curses look like? What do they look like? So for some families, it's substance abuse, avoidance, anger, hostility, secret keeping, depression, Incest, molestation, rape, just trauma, you know, teen pregnancy, suicide, abuse, fear of authority. And one of the things we hear a lot, and I'm sure you have heard it a lot, is that it runs in a family. Oh, he's going to jail? Just like his daddy, it runs in a family. He gets it honest. Oh, she's pregnant already? Hmm. Runs in a family. It was bound to happen. These are statements that so many people have heard, so many people have said, because many times history repeats itself. I've been seeing on a lot of Facebook posts, people telling their stories and coming out with their truths and standing in their truths. You see a lot of women who's coming forward regarding sexual abuse, molestation, and rape at the hands of family members. And these things were kept quiet. They were kept hush. They were a secret not to be told. You know, after a while, you weren't allowed around certain family members in fear that, you know, they would do that to you or they would do that again. And even if your family knew about it, even if they were aware, there was no confrontation in most cases. In most cases, they were told to be quiet going to keep it a secret we're not going to mention it anymore and it'll never happen to you again and so because of this silence because of the secret keeping a lot of the abuse went on and whether or not it happened to the same person or it happened to different family members and then which was repeated in the generations following then you have abuse domestic violence where women find themselves in abusive relationships Time and time again, whether it's physical, emotional, sexual, or mental. The abuse has become a normal for some women. And some of these women who deal with this abuse on a regular basis saw it growing up. They saw their mom or their aunts or their cousins or their grandmother or their sister um, or whoever suffering from domestic violence at the hands of someone who was supposed to love them. And you have teen pregnancy. This is a big one in a lot of families. 
I know my grandma had her first baby around the age of 17 or 18. So did my mom. My sister had her baby around 19. My older brother had his first child around 16. I had my first baby at the age of 24, but was pregnant for the first time at the age of 17. And then my one of my younger brothers had his first baby around the age of 19 or 20 as well. I'm a mother of four beautiful kids. I have a 23-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 6-year-old. The oldest two are girls. The youngest two are boys. So my main concern in my daughter's teenage years were them getting pregnant. That was one of the biggest concerns and fears of mine. I was more afraid of that happening than anything else. I was more afraid of pregnancy than sickness, than cancer, than anything. I was afraid of pregnancy for my kids. So now that I think about it, I didn't mention this the last episode, but there are definitely other things that I said I would never do that my mom did that I did. And one of those things was anytime I said I was sick, anytime my stomach hurt, anytime I wasn't feeling well, my mom would say, are you having sex? Are you pregnant? Every time. Like, I knew that it was coming whenever I said something was wrong. And I I turned around and did the same thing with my girls. Every time they mentioned that their stomach hurt, every time they said any type of symptom that could relate to pregnancy, my first question was, are you having sex? Are you pregnant? Are you sure? And I know it irritated the heck out of them. I know it annoyed them. They made comments all the time. Why you always think I'm having sex? Why is it always your first question? Because it's a fear of mine. I don't want to raise anyone else's kids, right? That was my excuse. And when it really was, I didn't want them to have to step into such a role at a young age or make a decision whether to keep or terminate at such a young age. And I pushed birth control like crazy. Like, if you think you're going to have sex, let me know so you can get on birth control. Like, immediately so that we can avoid all of this, right? And for me, I feel like that may have affected our relationship because, one, why are you judging me? Why do you think I'm out here having sex? Why do you think I'm out here in these streets and I'm not doing anything? And I remember one time with my 23-year-old, this is before she was 23, obviously. She was in high school. And I was like, you're going to go on birth control. You're going to pick one of these and you're going to do it, right? And she didn't want to because she wasn't having sex. She didn't want to get on birth control. She really did not feel like that was something that she needed to do because I was tripping. So she went and got her dad, talked to her dad. He talked to me and he told me she's not doing anything. We're not going to force her to get on birth control. And that was kind of a wake-up call for me as far as I was focusing too much on the wrong thing. And I needed to chill out, allow my kids to be kids, and trust them. And focusing too much on the wrong thing can destroy your relationship. It can affect your relationship with your kid. It makes them not want to talk to you about certain things. Because, oh, if I talk to her about sex, if I talk to her about any conversations that I've had with other friends, she's going to immediately think, Mm. You're, you're trying to have sex, right? You're about to try to have sex? Do you want to get on birth control? No, mom. This is just a simple conversation. And let's talk about mental health. 
I don't want to say that mental health is necessarily a generational curse, but I can see in some aspects how one would choose to think so. So in my family, on the maternal side of my family, depression and anxiety is common. And so in the aspect of some thinking that depression and anxiety can be a generational curse, let's look at it as far as the way that your kids see you as an example to cope. So if they see that their mother is suffering from depression or she has anxiety, how is she coping? Because that's going to teach me how I'm going to cope if I happen to suffer from anxiety or depression. And in African-American families that I know of, you don't talk about mental health. I remember when um, my mom doesn't remember this. I told her this before and I'm going to say it again on here. So when I first joined the military, It was my very first experience away from home, away from my mom, away from my dad, away from my brother, my sister. I was completely out of my elements. And because of that, I became depressed. I thought I was homesick. I had a supervisor who noticed that I was angry and irritable a lot. And he said, well, I think you should go and talk to someone. So I did. I went to a therapist on base. And um, I talked to them about how I was feeling. And he said that I was suffering from depression. When I told my mom about it, my mom said, well, don't take any medicine that they give you. You can talk to them all you want, but don't take any medicine. Don't do none of that, right? And I listened. I didn't. I didn't take any medicine. I lied at my appointments. I got my medication refilled. Whenever they would ask me, how's it going? How are the symptoms? And all of that stuff, I would lie. Oh, I'm doing good. I didn't really have any side effects. It's going well for me. I never once took the medication. Yeah, and by the way, that therapist was the therapist who taught me the type of therapist I didn't want to be. He was so uninterested. He just always wrote in his paper, looked down, did not have a lot of eye contact. So he definitely taught me what not to do when becoming a therapist, when being a therapist. But I didn't um, complete therapy. I dropped out of it maybe after a couple of months. And I never took the medication. And I was able to adjust and um, get past the depression once I got used to where I was and made more friends and developed my own little family. And I believe that not seeking help when dealing with behavioral health or mental health issues is definitely a generational curse because, and it's not unfounded, you know, In the African-American community, you can't afford to not be looked at as anything other than strong, mentally and physically, because you already have some negative checks against you, simply because of the color of your skin. And going to therapy, getting counseling, along with that come those labels and those stigmas that African-Americans do not want attached to them. And so that far outweighs the fact that I need to get help. I would rather not have this stigma, not have this label than to get help that I really need because of what it brings. So in 1994, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother passed away. Um, My mother took it, of course, as hard as you can take your mother passing away. My mom was her primary caregiver. So... When my grandmother died, my mom 
definitely changed. And in a later episode, I am going to talk about trauma and parenting. So my mom changed. Um, How she interacted with us changed. How she showed love, how she talked, uh, everything changed because she was miserable. You know, she lost her best friend. She lost her everything. And that changed her. And in the process of changing her, it also changed how she mothered. And this is not to badmouth my mom in any way because I feel like she was an amazing, amazing mom. But her grief turned into pain, turned into anger. You know, she was hurt and the hurt made her angry. So that's what we saw, right? And we learned how to be angry. We learned how to talk in anger. My mom has always been aggressive. She's just an aggressive person. Um, But her heart is huge. Um, The love she has, she will give you, literally give you the shirt off of her back if you needed it. And if that's all she had left to give and is what you needed is what you will have. That is the type of woman um, that I know she's been my entire life. But on the flip side of that, she's also been angry because she's hurt. And when you don't deal with grief, when you don't get the necessary help or assistance with grief and depression, it manifests in everything. And so in return, it teaches your kids how to deal with depression um, or grief. And for me, it was different. Um, Even though I am my mother's child, I was the most nicest, sweetest kid possible. And I think it was because she was so aggressive. So I was like the total opposite. But now in adulthood and joining the military, I definitely became aggressive. I became aggressive in a lot of areas because I was so timid and shy and didn't know how to say no and different things like that growing up. And even into adulthood that I became overly aggressive to try to counteract that. So how can undealt with mental health, behavioral health conditions affect the mother-daughter relationship? And in general, this one can affect the mother-daughter relationship and the mother and son relationship. It affects your relationships with your kids in general. We are our kids' examples. How we deal with a situation, be it a work situation, a conflict with family or friends, It completely affects how our own kids learn to deal with conflict, to deal with anger, how they learn to deal with the symptoms of mental health conditions, of depression, of anxiety. They get it from us. So it goes to say that if you are a parent that has suffered or is suffering from depression, anxiety, or any other mental health condition, it pays greatly to get the help needed because it will show up in your kids and in their decisions and in their actions and in the similar situations that they may find themselves in, they will do exactly what they saw. So let's get into the strong black woman persona and how it can also serve as a generational curse. So I didn't realize that my mom was suffering from grief and the loss of her mom and that was causing you know, her anger and irritation and just different things like that. And so I was much older as an adult. So as a kid, my mom was also very strong. 
she rarely showed any emotion outside of anger. Even if she was hurt, she rarely cried. You know, that we saw. We didn't see her cry. As an adult, me as an adult, she's a little bit more vulnerable now. But back then, no. I never saw her cry. I never saw her worry. I saw her be strong. Everything was put together. She was, you know, her aggression made her strong. You know, those. that's how I viewed it. And so when I became an adult and I became a mom, of course, my mom was my example. So I felt like to be a mother, to be a strong woman, I had to be strong like her. I had to make things happen. I had to figure out a way. I didn't need to show worry. I didn't need to show that I was struggling. I didn't need to show that I was hurt. I didn't need to show anything that made me vulnerable. I just had to be strong. And how does this generational curse affect the mother-daughter relationship? Well, when you're being nothing but strong and not showing any other signs of emotion, you're teaching your kids that they can't be vulnerable, that they can't be emotional, that they have to show strength at all times and just be that strong person for everyone around them and their kids. And it makes them feel like they can't be honest with you about their feelings because they have to be the strong person that you taught them to be. Being a strong woman not only affects the mother-daughter relationship, but it also affects that woman's relationship as it relates to other women in her life, whether it be her siblings or her best friends. She's unable to show her vulnerability to them as well, which can make her feel like she has no one to talk to, which can increase her own depression and anxiety and become overwhelmed and unhappy. So as I've seen oftentimes on social media, Check on your strong friends and family. Substance abuse is another generational curse. Majority of the times, individuals who suffer from substance abuse issues, problems, addictions, however you want to use it, whatever wording you want to use, suffer from substance abuse because they are treating a problem, a mental disorder, unresolved trauma. It has become their coping mechanism, their treatment plan. And how that passes on from generation to generation is, again, we show our kids how we deal with problems. They learn it from us. So whatever coping mechanisms we use, rest assured your children will use the same ones as well. I also mentioned avoidance earlier. We can be taught avoidance. Avoidance can definitely be a generational curse. When we avoid certain conflicts or all conflicts or situations, anything that's going to cause discomfort, we avoid it, ignore it, and move on from it. We teach our kids to do the same thing. Avoidance can create dishonest relationships between mother and child. When you teach a child how to avoid things or that the way to resolve conflict is just to avoid it so that you don't have to deal with it, that also becomes apparent in their relationship with you. And avoiding addressing certain situations, avoiding confrontation, comes with consequences. And the consequences being your child not being able to appropriately and effectively deal with conflict and advocate for themselves. Generational curses is not something that has to happen. It's not set in stone. It's not destined. Generational curses are things that can be changed. There has to be that one person who takes a stand and decides to say no more. That yeah, it used to run in the family, but it doesn't run in the family any longer. 
So I challenge you today to ask yourself these questions and decide what actions you need to take in your life, in your family, to end these cycles. And the simple questions are, what are the generational curses in my family? What are the cycles in my family that are currently being repeated? What part have I played in carrying on this cycle? And what can I do? What can I start doing today to change the cycle? Seeing unhealthy patterns and behaviors in your family and choosing to take a stance and change that is one of the best things you can do for yourself and for your family. So that is all for today. I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to She Speaks with Yana Me. Next week's episode, we will cover being a teen mom and how that affects the mother-daughter relationship. Mm-hmm.